off Thursday. We had to give you a little something for Christmas morning. This is the push off. This will be a virgin season. Everybody, welcome to the Push Off Podcast, your favorite NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week and gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's Dan Lingering Soft Tissue Injury Right. Dan, we are on for uh, week one. We are on for the 2021 season, and not only is it, you know, as this show drops, the kickoff is tonight. The Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, defending champions at home against your Dallas Cowboys. It is New Year's Day, sir. It is New Year's Day. We've talked about the you know, the calendar. It's not Christmas. How it oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, this is not Christmas. Christmas Catch us back up draft. on the calendar again. So uh, the draft is Christmas. Uh, Lent being, you know, the lead up to the draft. Uh, Easter, because it's the basis of the faith, is the Super Bowl. And so, uh, you know, are you, no, sorry, Advent, I'm sorry, I'm a lapsed Catholic in that I'm uh, an atheist. Uh, <laughs> and so Advent is the scouting season. Christmas is the draft. draft. Uh, Lent is the playoffs. And then Easter is the Super Bowl. And so this is just New Year's Day. It's a brand new thing. It means nothing because if you didn't do the work the year before, then New Year's going to be the same as the fucking old one. Nice. But it is New Year's Day. You get to turn that calendar over. There's nothing magical about week one, except that it's, you know, the records are set back to 0-0. Zero, zero, but as of tomorrow, somebody's record is not going to be 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, as of the end of the day, to, uh, or today, as this uh, show drops, we are recording this on Wednesday night, so... Uh, we we come out here for the beginning of the season. Um, last week we get we did return. We had our picks for week one. Um, so now that uh, a good weekend change has passed, Dan, I'm not going to hold it against you. If you want to change your pick for tonight, you want to fire those cannons. Go ahead. This is your opportunity. I want to <laughs> fire whoever it was that got Zach Martin sick with covid that's who i want to fire <laughs> yeah uh, whoever that wound up being now i was infuriated when he went on the covid list i was like fuck zach martin are you not vaccinated but it turns out he was vaccinated because if he has two clear pcr tests he can actually play on thursday okay um, now unless he's like yeah i got a clear pcr test but i feel like shit um because yeah, covid can really kick you in the chest especially if you're a heavier dude um so i'm just hoping that you know one that he's ready to play Two, if he's not ready to play, I hope he bounces back real quickly and he's ready for uh, week two. Well, so maybe I'm confused. Did he test positive for COVID or did he, he go tested on the positive. list? Yeah. Oh, okay. It wasn't like he yeah. his his beeper went off. He was too close yeah. to somebody because that's going to yeah. be a different COVID list thing too, right? If you're on close contact with somebody, or is yeah, that only so, if you're also not vaccinated? Um, it's only if you're not vaccinated. Okay. So if you are in close, co- if you're vaccinated, so you and I vaccinated people. If we walked up to say an Kirk Cousins, who we know is not vaccinated. If Kirk Cousins has COVID-19, we don't have to skip a game. 
if Kirk Cousins doesn't have COVID-19, but one of you and I, or one of us, so I'm there with you, mm-hmm. let's say you have COVID-19, because you're in better shape than me, you'll survive it. <laughs> uh, so you have COVID-19, and I'm sitting there, and it's me and Kirk Cousins and you, I'm not held out of the game. Kirk Cousins has to be out of the game because he's close contact. Because, of course, we were dapping each other up, you know, talking about Michigan State and Big Ten football. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And, so, I mean, I I don't see a future in this where this doesn't come up unless uh, NFL and, and the teams around it just be like, you're tested positive for just don't tell anybody. Let's just get through this. <laughs> Everybody, these are highly tuned athletes. Nobody will notice anyone coughing really bad and huffing it on the sidelines. <laughs> No, like I, it's gonna come up, and big players yeah. are going to get sidelined because of it. Uh, I'm just wondering what week of the season we're gonna talk about, and then how bad is it gonna be? Where last year the NFL, looking back, bent over backwards of a, a Tuesday afternoon game, a Monday afternoon, you know, oh, yeah. two games on Monday, etc., to get games in. This year, I don't see them caring that much. I no. see them easily are going. Yeah, I can put this game on Tuesday, or I can forfeit the Jets because they are one and six already. And the Jets are like, we can. Yeah, that's amazing. We don't have to play. You just give us the loss. We could have used that for Trevor Lawrence last year. Well, the big one is the big one is if everybody loses a game check. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the big one. Is if you go, hey, you fucked up this team bad enough to make me lose a game check. All that has to do is happen once, and then motherfuckers are literally going to hold you down and stick you with a fucking needle. Locker room issue. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's it's the same thing. You Anybody can do whatever the fuck they want around me until you fuck with my family or my money. And if you fuck with either of those things, whatever our relationship is, it changes dynamically in that moment that you fuck with either my family or my money. And I imagine that feeling is probably the same for juiced up meatheads uh i can't imagine they're like no no you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna take the approach of the the philosopher cicero and think of you as a friend for always like that shit's not happening like they will get their fucking come up and somehow like even if it's in the locker room you're gonna get code reddit if you cost a guy a game check so i'm gonna use this as a segue and say uh, um we'll wait for the 2021 covid uh hits the fan week what else are we excited about here for this new season? There's a few big uh, changes. Fans being back, obviously that's connected oh, yeah. to COVID too, but uh, you forget we got to watch uh, brand new stadiums opening in LA and in Vegas, but the one things that are going to make those the most exciting are fans filling it from shoulder to shoulder in those massive stadiums. We haven't had a chance to see that yet. I mean, I don't even know if I turned on a preseason game in L.A. stadium for either of those teams. I'm not picturing it. Or Vegas. No, they did. They were, they were very lightly attended, which okay. I don't, you know. If, Perhaps, If yeah. you're like, hey, man, I want to risk a COVID exposure to go to a football game. True. Are you going preseason? Fuck me. And so maybe it won't be shoulder to shoulder. That's true. I, I think Vegas... It will be interesting to see, too. I want to know, how are the fan bases there? We saw how badly the L.A. Chargers were before this COVID thing happened. And having no fans didn't really even out the playing field for them. So (laughs) I'm really interested to see filling these these new stadiums with with fans and and what that looks like. Anything comes to mind for you for 2021? Um, I mean, I'm I'm interested to see the way the market for veterans is going to shape out. I mean, even just Le'Veon Bell now signing with the Ravens, it's like this 
this league year seems so much stranger. Even last year was pretty strange with veterans. Yeah. Everson Griffin going on the practice squad before he signs with the Vikings. Le'Veon Bell going on the practice squad before they sign with the Ravens. It's oh, yeah. it's going to be a weird sort of shift of people. Um, you know, just guys trying. Like, I guarantee you by week eight, Larry Fitzgerald's on somebody's practice squad. Like, oh, did you ever think that would happen, that Larry Fitzgerald's on a fucking practice squad? I don't know why we Vikings haven't called him up yet. Because he's 30 whatever. Make a phone call. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I do want to talk practice squad and all that stuff too. I guess, yeah, the only other things about this season that is exciting me is like where we're talking about the QB carousel and seeing those matchups. We get week one. We talked about Darnold. Uh, the Jets and Panthers, he gets an opportunity there. Um we see Stafford in L.A. and Goffin in Detroit. That that switcheroo. Um, Brady plays Belichick this year. Those yep. games, those games are going to be happening in this fall. Can't wait. Can't wait for those storylines. It's. I mean, the NFL does such a great job of. They don't. It almost feels like they're not manufacturing storylines. Like the storylines, no matter who matches up with who, like. You can't give me a bad matchup in the NFL anymore. There's right. an underlying story to every single matchup in the NFL. You want fucking Jaguars-Browns? Uh, you know, it doesn't seem thick and rife with substance, but you have an emerging Browns team. You have, uh, in all likelihood, Urban Meyer returning to Ohio, right? The place where he won the national champions, uh, yeah. the national championship with Ohio State. There's something there. You know, he abandoned the team because he got a heart issue, but now suddenly he's coaching again. Yeah. There is no bad zero storyline in the NFL. If you find me one, I'd be fucking impressed. Yeah. And and you know what? And while they're they're out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna search through them too. We're gonna feed them into this podcast this year and we're gonna have a blast doing it. That's what the oh, plan. Yeah. Um what did happen the previous week, just to get caught up a little bit on the news, there was roster cuts. The roster cuts was the biggest stuff, the cut down to 53. If you watched Hard Knocks, which completed uh, the other evening too, mm-hmm. that was all about the cuts. It's, you know, you, you feel for the players, but it's also some of the most interesting, probably the most riveting of the, the footage from Hard Knocks is, is roster cuts. For me, the biggest cut here was Cam Newton getting cut from the Patriots. It started out the the news of it, and nothing else kind of eclipsed it when that happened. No. And Cam was interesting because we talked about, well, is it when is it Mac Jones' team? And Bill Belichick's like, no, uh, fuck you, bye, Cam. Yeah. And it you heard rumors pretty quickly that it was, hey, he didn't want to get vaccinated. That had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But the other, and I think I texted you, uh, when that happened to the Harry Met Sally thing, uh, when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, you want the rest of your life to start right now. Yeah. And I feel like that's how Belichick was approaching Mac Jones. He's like, you know what? I like you. We're going to do this. We're going to ride this train. Belichick doesn't have too many more years. Right. You know, he's and he's won as many Super Bowls as you possibly can as a head coach, more than anybody in history. So why not throw a couple of fucking you know, weird road flares up on the side and see who stops and parties, you know? I mean, he didn't... He was forced to have Brady in because of the injury to Bledsoe when that happened. Mm-hmm. And then you think about where he's at here, and I think, yeah, putting Cam Newton in again, the only thing that helps is giving the young guy more time to get confidence up. 
But I think you got Mac Jones. He's coming from Alabama. He's already transferred. I mean, he's this guy is already played in the biggest of big games. So what are you yeah. waiting on? Now well, you could have said that available. about Brady too, but that was that was a different time when he got drafted twenty you know, two decades ago. <laughs> Yeah, 21, 22 years ago. Yeah. yeah. He got drafted two plus decades ago. You didn't race to start the, the uh, first round QBs. Now it's a whole different thing. The young guys can come in, they can play. That doesn't always happen. You can get put in too early and get chewed in and out, but I don't think that's going to be Mac Jones's issue, if at all. Yeah. Jordan Love's like, wait, you get to play? Yeah. Yeah. He's a young person? What is but this? But Jordan Love came from. Utah. Utah. Utah State. My apologies, Utah State. Oof, Utah State. So that's they're not playing a lot of big schools. Um, <laughs> no. Who else is a first-round QB that we are waiting to see uh, take the field? Well, let's just even say North Dakota State here with um, Trey, Lance. Uh, Trey Lance. He's not going to start right away. It seems it's Garoppolo week one. Yeah, and Gar- I love that Garoppolo was like, uh, it was official like weeks ago, guys. What the right. fuck? <laughs> and is that really the only one? Because Jets are, have to start. Uh, Zach Wilson's in, Zach man. Wilson. Trevor Lawrence is fucking in. It's, yeah. you know, there's not a lot Clemson, of choices when it comes to young QBs that haven't seen the field yet. Yeah. Okay, well then, here we go. Oh, uh, Justin Fields. And that yeah, is he'll a matter be, of time. Yeah. We've seen some Justin Fields, though. Yeah, yeah. I, but he's not starting and that takes some, I don't know, that takes some gumption, I guess, from the Bears and deciding that they want to roll with, because uh, you're kind of in a win now. Unless unless you're putting Dalton in, in the plan of this gives the rest of the team to catch up. And once it's like obvious that we just need a better, more mobile quarterback back there and we'll slip in fields and everything will go okay, I don't know. You talk about running out of time. <laughs> that well, whole front office is running out of time in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, they know they are. That's one of the reasons why they're like, it's almost to the detriment of Justin Fields going, well, we're going to put Andy Dalton in because Andy Dalton gives us a chance to win like maybe one or two more games this year. Not okay. long term. He's not then the long term option, but one or two more games might be enough to save their jobs. Although I think any other team but the Bears not making the playoffs would be a absolute the axe is going to fall. The Bears are so fucking cheap, though, that they might just keep the guy around for fun. We saw that We saw that happen in Houston. It didn't last a year. Is there a guess to you looking at the coaching? And I'm throwing this to you. you I, there's no plan on this, this uh, week's episode, Dan. Is there a coach to you that is in the hottest of hot seats, a Bill O'Brien this year? I don't think it's to that extent. I'll answer that right now. But who is the hottest that you could see lose their job Mid-season first. Well, if you remember, Bill O'Brien wasn't on the hottest of hot seats last year. He lost five straight games, and they went, oh, right, you fucked up super bad. Yeah, who was the guy that went walked into, like, a why is he still around thing? I thought that... that's that uh, Jay O'Brien? Gruden walked into a why is he still around thing yes, a couple years ago. Yes, Jay Gruden. Uh, Jay Gruden was one of those guys that's like, uh, yeah, you're fired week one. He's like, well, what the fuck am I doing? They're like, oh, we're just waiting till Ron Rivera becomes available. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, Jay uh, Gruden. Yeah, Ron Rivera was available for like a week or two, and then they're like, oh, yeah, we got to fire Jay Gruden. We got to get the fuck rid of you. But um, O'Brien was still the first one gone last year. Oh, yeah. Last year, Bill O'Brien had to go. He was fucking brutal, man. Who could it be this year? It's an interesting question because there's... 
Uh, the first person fired? Yeah, who could be the first head coach gone? Uh, well, I feel like Matt Rule's safe. There's a lot of guys that are in their second year that they're probably going to be okay. Um, I don't feel like Mike Tomlin is on the hot seat, nor do I feel like Kyle Shanahan right. is on the hot seat, but both of those guys have legitimate reasons that they could. Um, just the way they've handled things in Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski, if he comes out and lays an egg, he might not be the head coach by the end of the season. Mm. Okay. And I, Yeah. You were still going? Yeah, and obviously Denver, uh, you know. Fangio, yeah. <laughs> Fangio, Fangio kind of held on tight last year. They might be saying, all right, Vic, you got to get it going. Like To me, Fangio is on the hottest hot seat because if you made the wrong decision with quarterback, we'll know very quickly, and he'll be out by week five. Um, if there's some, there's some head coaches, I think that it, it's an easy choice if they don't make the playoffs. Honestly, I think it's Mike Zimmer. I think it's, uh, out there in Arizona. Um, no, no, he's got some time still. I don't Cliff know. Kingsbury? If it doesn't work. Yeah. Zach Taylor. If Zach Taylor doesn't show immediate improvement in Cincinnati, Zach Taylor's gone. Like those, both There's those no guys way. are about, they got hired like the same year. Yeah, but Cliff Kingsbury is a Kingsbury. guy that has shown growth in Arizona and, you know, I think would be able to absorb a couple injuries, whereas Zach Taylor already had that bad, you know, injury, injury to my quarterback year. year. If something else falls apart for him, they're just going to get rid of him and say, you know, get the fucking bad juju out of here. Seahawks could start over. Um, I think Seahawks, Pete Carroll is so vested there that, it, like, even if they moved on, it would be him retiring. I'm making air quotes. Um, and then I'm, yeah, I'm just looking down the list because there's a lot of the really bad teams, the teams like Texas and stuff like that just hired those coaches. So I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. Oh, I mean, Houston may have a new head coach as of next year. I feel like David Culley is basically just a, a seat warmer. Maybe given, well, they, they've, they've changed a lot around <laughs> since he's gotten there, but I guess that's more of the front office and what they've discussed on there, but. Um, let's talk, we, we hinted a little bit about, well, Cam being cut, uh, and the, the Mac Jones that makes week one, which we already kind of discussed, but now we know Mac Jones is starting roll tide, Alabama versus Alabama QBs, man. That's Tua and Mac, the second year guy versus the rookie. Uh, from what I'm hearing from people, it's giving people an idea that the Patriots, it's giving them more confidence because it's like, well, Belichick's confident in this guy, then I'm more confident that they have a more confident quarterback. And I can see that working for now. We'll see how week one looks, but it's still, is it in New England? We, You and me picked opposite this game too. I have the Patriots and you have the uh, Dolphins. Uh, yeah, I, I have the Dolphins going into New England and winning it. I, it I actually have the Dolphins winning both games against New England this year in yeah. my head. We'll, we'll see would, how the season shakes out. Yeah. No, I would agree with you right now that you don't pick the Patriots going into Miami and winning usually. We'll see who's no. still playing at that point, though. Very um, true. All right. Well, well, that's what I had for roster cuts. I mean, any of the more cuts like that? What, was there any big ones for your team? Um, for the Cowboys, no. We didn't lose anybody substantial. And if you saw Hard Knocks, all the guys that were like, this guy's on a bubble, they're like, yep, you're gone. Bye. They were um, gone, but then they weren't gone. Because they came well, back for I, the practice squad. <laughs> exactly. I actually liked the way they did the practice squad, where they called everybody in, like, and especially when you go down from 80 to 53, there's yeah, at yeah. least 10 to 15 guys that are like, I know I'm fucking cut. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> they're like, I don't even have a question. I'm just going to show up to the facility and get ready to hand my book in. But I did like the way they kind of got 16 guys into the room and said, 
hey, we're going to cut you, but if, if things work out the way we want them to, you're coming back here uh, on the practice squad. And I thought that was nice. I thought that was a good, you know, hey, this look around the room. This would be your practice squad. Yeah, and they said something too interesting in that one too where it was like practice squad players are on the team. They made the team. They practice with the team. They they learn the plays. They're in all the meetings. They're just on the practice squad, and they're not activated for the 53 or whatever. So this led me to, to understanding more about practice squads and looking into this, and I think I asked you too. I was like, we've got to go over this because all of a sudden now – you know, you just get your head around the 53-man roster stuff that all happened this week, and then there's, no, there's 16 other guys that can play, and not only that, these guys can play from week to week. Yeah, the, so technically you don't have 53 anymore. You got 55 with a pool of 16, with a pool within that of so many that can be grabbed at any time. Like, it's really, it, it, it gets kind of silly in in steps and rules in this in this instance here well i think as they move towards a 17 game schedule yeah. they're thinking to themselves hey there's going to be more attrition you know like that's really what the practice squad is there for is you know you're not taking a practice squad guy going you're our starter now like that shit doesn't happen well and you're this taking- all started sorry to step on you but this all started with covid last year sure. this is when yeah. it changed and so you know it used to be 10 players on the practice squad uh, and then it was going to go to 12 players, and then it was going to go to 14 players in 2022. But COVID just accelerated it and said, everybody do 16, and it stays at 16. Um, so the interesting thing is it used to be that to be on a practice squad, you had to have less than two years of accrued time in the NFL. Yeah, so seasons you ben, played. Yeah, Ben DiNucci would still be available to be on the practice squad, but next year he wouldn't. Um, cause he was drafted last year, you know, he's a second year player. So his third year, you'd have to move the fuck on or promote him to the active roster, which was funny. Cause that was something that, um, coach McCarthy kept saying in that episode last night was like, oh, man, I just don't like giving up on somebody in their second year. Like he said that two or three times about Danucci and it was like, ah, all right. I like that. So yeah. in this instance, yeah, he would fit for the practice squad, but now there is what six players that you can. You can have six. Basically, your practice squad still works the same way, except you now have six available veterans that there is no season limit anymore. So you can sign a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who would never have been eligible to be on a practice squad ever before, Hmm. to your practice squad, and then, you know, have some time to move some shit around and wait to promote him um, and be able to make those roster moves. Because it's, it's much easier for you to cut a guy from the practice squad and say, stick around, man, stick around than to cut even a low-level guy that made your 53 um, without, you know, giving yourself some time to move a guy to the pup list or move a guy to IR or something like that. So it gives it gives more... Practice uh, squad, you're a yeah, contractor for a football team that's like, can be let go any week when we need some space or an extra guy that, that does this instead of does that kind of thing. Um, now, also, there's a thing on... Stealing uh, from mm-hmm. other teams' practice squads. If you yep. are able to sign them to your full team's fifty-three, then you can go and grab those guys. But then there's also so many that you can make sure you can't go grab. You can protect players too on this team. So you can you can protect four of the sixteen. So of your sixteen available players, twelve can be taken at any point in time. <laughs> um, four of them are designated that you know. 
you you can't let another team sign them. So if you have a practice squad QB that you're like, hey, this guy really knows our system, you know, it's it's really to do that. So like a guy like Ben DiNucci, you go, hey, he started an NFL game. He's probably not ready to play, but if the entire quarterback room goes down due to COVID or something like that, you don't want to have to bring in what happened last year uh, with, you know, some wide receiver that has to play quarterback all of a sudden. Yeah. You'd like to protect some guys that go, hey, you know, we really think highly of you. You're just not ready to play right now. So you can protect up to four guys from being signed by any NFL team. Yeah, to me, I, I'm looking at probably a lot of guys that are uh, veterans who could be signed a week and immediately plugged in in the position and play because they've done that their whole career kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm worried that some other team's going to need a player I like that to do, and and I'll 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 protect this guy. It says you can do it each week, so like deciding like this week we're not going to protect you. We're going to protect this guy. Oh, yeah. I can be just stolen up until moved to Denver, huh? Yep. That's that's the life of the the practice squad player, my man. Well, you um, also don't have to sign with an NFL team. Oh, you know. So the practice squad players can say, "No, that's fine. I'd like to stay with the practice squad." Oh, so okay. Then if take, you're, take on the Yeah, if you're Ben DiNucci, you can say, you know, somebody goes, "Hey, the Eagles would like you to be their third QB." And you're like, yeah, I feel like you guys are you'd have me for like a week and then you'd fucking cut me. Actually, I think I'll stay on the Cowboys practice squad. And worry that I'll lose my yeah, practice squad position and they go find somebody else or something. Exactly. And unless you feel like, you know, hey, I'm on the practice squad, but I really think I could contribute in an NFL level to a team on an active roster. If you're on a practice squad and you you feel like ah, I'm really close to making this team, it might not be the best idea to jump to another team and then become a roster churn guy and maybe lose your practice squad spot and the other team not re-signing to their practice squad. And with these vets now, uh, is it a guarantee that you make more money being on a 53 than in the practice squad? Uh, no, there's a set. So veterans have uh, 14 grand a week. That's what they make. Okay. And then <laughs> so, whether you're on the practice squad or on the team uh, no, as no, a no. minimum. So, so um, as a minimum on the practice squad, you make fourteen grand a week. Oh. As a rookie or a guy with less than two years experience, you make uh, $9,200 a week. Oh, so okay. you, if you're a veteran, you don't want to stay on the practice squad for very long unless you're a guy like Josh McCown that's like, yeah, I'm not coming to practice. I'm just going to sit at home and watch film, uh, which is still available to you. You can be like, hey, I'm going to live down in Houston, and I'm going to be the practice squad QB for the Eagles or the Saints, or whatever the fuck it is, and I'm just not going to go to meetings. Um, you have that availability. You can do something like that. Dang. And then you can elevate up to two players each week. So we're talking, that's my point, of 53 to 55. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got this extra pool of players, and you didn't decide that week who you want to be there. However, you're pulling them up that week to perchance be activated from the 53 on game day because the activation number is even less than that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you're you're bringing the guy up to 55, but you're, well, your active roster, I think, now is... Is this your full team? Yeah, your, your active roster, everybody can basically be active now. Okay, so you're not waiting for active people and inactive people Sunday morning anymore? I don't remember from last year if that changed, honestly. That's the weird part uh, for me. Let me get it. I'll find it. I think there it's, is I think also, it's actually – no, it's 48. My apologies. It's okay, 48. so you still – yeah, there's still an amount of people that 
will get will be inactivated but on the 53 for the yeah there's all of this just niche down numbers game in the nfl and some of it's like okay it i guess i get why you're doing this but maybe it's a little like just let everybody have 85 players and do what they want with them (laughs) it's like a college yeah everything's a college yeah the amount of money we're paying them and just let them go yeah it's Um, a 48 man active roster if you have eight offensive linemen so that's the nice thing is you can say, hey, I have my five starters and I have three backups. It used to be that you'd really keep an, like an interior guard center combo and then a swing tackle activated, but now you're able to kind of activate three backups, which I, th- I think is better. Yeah. But, yeah, in the long scheme of things, we're not talking a cut down to 53-man roster. We're not even no. a 48 for the game. Technically, these people, there's a 53 players and then another 16 in the practice squad the whole time practice gun. So that's a mm-hmm. full 69 players. All right, moving right along. The uh, New <laughs> nice. Orleans. I'm just going to pretend like, you know, didn't even, didn't even happen. Nice. Nice. Uh, big news here the New Orleans Saints will not even be playing at home this week and maybe future weeks, probably future weeks. Hurricanes, boy, uh, we've had this happen. It seems to be beginning of the NFL season. Uh, the storms uh, season hasn't ended yet, and hurricanes are, are really bad here, going up our coasts. And I mean, I'm look at social media stuff of what at, in New Jersey and New York and stuff like that up the coast. Um, got real bad. So obviously, the Saints are going to use the Superdome again to help out displaced families. I believe that's the reason. Uh, not like any damage or anything to that, but they are not practicing and stuff. They are they're kind of been out of that area. They uh, will be playing against the Packers in Jacksonville week one. And I think that's smart. I, I don't think it behooves them to, you know, use the Superdome for anything other than a storm shelter over the next couple of weeks because, you know, it's a bummer, but the oceans are getting warmer and... Yeah, hurricanes are becoming more intense and more frequent. So, dang it, we need it for this football game. Like, sorry, this is yeah. Take it's it a nice to big shelter. We could use it right now. So, uh, yeah, that that makes things interesting. We already talked about that. The Saints have a very uphill climb. They uh, cut uh, um, their running Latavius. back, yeah, Latavius Murray, just this last day here because that he wouldn't take a pay cut and they just can't afford to pay him through his contract. So the saints are pinching pennies already. Goodbye. Drew Brees. Uh, Mike Thomas is going to miss six weeks at least if he ever comes back. It doesn't look good for the mayor and, and week one is going to be an uphill battle going against, you know, no, the Packers, a 13 and three <laughs> perennial team. Well, at least they've got Jameis. Right, that's they got great. James. Hey, man, we could be talking about him as comeback player of the year in uh, in <laughs> six short months. Um, Do you know I'll, how much Drew Brees still costs the Saints against the cap? Right this year, you yeah. have the numbers. I would mm-hmm. like to know. So this year, he is costing the Saints eleven point one five million dollars. Mm. Mm. Next year, eleven point five. Just just to retire <laughs> and, and hang out at home. Yeah, Drew Brees is murdering the Saints' salary cap, even being retired. Well, you hate to see it. Um, <laughs> also, shortly after, or the uh, cuts be, started becoming uh, started ramp- ramping up here at the end of last week, 
Urban Meyer came out and said some silly things uh, that's got the NFLPA investigating him. And that was that, yeah, I'm looking at who's vaccinated and who isn't. And if it comes down to that, I'm keeping the unvaxxed player. Or the vaxxed player, excuse me. I, I completely reverse that. Um, well, it's, you yeah. know, it's the same thing. You're not allowed to discriminate uh, in hiring practices either. Yeah. Um, but if, if I'm like, Hey, I'm loading boxes and a fucking 50 year old man shows up, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to hire the fucking 50 year old man to load boxes. Not that I got, he might be really fucking strong, but, uh, you know, the likelihood of him snapping in half and, you know, having his old bones ground to dust is much higher. I'll hire the 23 year old pothead. Yeah. I got, I got to make sure he's available. Uh, these boxes need to get moved from here to here. There's this able-bodied person here or this person that, that is uh, got one arm. And you go, why do you have one arm? He goes, it's my choice, damn it. I took the other arm off. You go, all right, that's your choice, but it makes my choice easier because I really need somebody with the ability to grab these boxes. Does well, we sense? talked about this before. Your greatest ability is availability. That's and right. And not being vaccinated is a great way of saying there's a greater chance that I may be unavailable to you than my talent equivalent counterpart who is vaccinated. Ugh. To me, that's a one-to-one. We, that's we an keep easy discussing. fucking conversation. Yeah. I feel like we keep ending up back on this topic, and we will all season long. That's just what, that's just what the NFL has led us to, unfortunately. But uh, it's also led us to being super excited about this season. I want to do a little fantasy. I don't know... Uh, me and Dan are doing a fantasy league together again this year, um, and we'll discuss it a little bit, but I think the one thing that uh, any football fan has a hard time doing is like, you know, I don't I don't mind offering help, but I also don't really care about other t- play, you know, no. fans, fantasy leagues. I just don't care. You know, who's on your team? No one really cares. So we won't go on and on about our own teams, but maybe you guys have a draft you're still doing in this very last minute. Uh, who are players, Dan, that maybe you targeted uh, that you liked this year that that uh, weren't very high on ESPN's list or Yahoo's or whoever people are doing these days? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I targeted Lamar Jackson. He's a guy that is going to get you a substantial amount of running yards. Even if he has a down season, he's still one of the number one or number, you know, one, two, three in terms of most fantasy-capable quarterbacks. People don't always connect the fact that even if he has a down year, it doesn't mean he's not going to crush in fantasy. Right. You know? If Kyler Murray has a bad season, he's still going to crush in fantasy because he's a guy that runs a fucking lot, you know? And it's it's either point, you know, four points or a full point for, for every 10 yards. So go nuts. Do your thing, man. Yeah. Uh, mobile quarterbacks... You're you're noticing too. It's like you you don't just go for Aaron Rodgers here. Uh, you really want Josh Allen or Dak Prescott a few mm-hmm. rounds ahead of him, not because Aaron Rodgers ain't going to go win MVP again. He very well could. It's because he's not going to run the ball. He's not going to run it in for touchdowns. He's not going to get mobile with it. Um, yeah. We're doing a PPR league, full points. That changes things, too, when it comes to your running backs, your wide receivers, things like that. But it doesn't come to, and I'll speak in terms of this, you're thin at running backs uh, again this year, 17 weeks, season, uh, yeah. play games. You're thin at tight ends, honestly, until we know how good Kyle Pitts is, which that's somebody I targeted. I'm, I'm big on Kyle Pitts for no reason <laughs> yet, other than what I've seen in college. Um, 
until uh you know we know that you know Hawkinson really becomes his own and stuff like that you're looking at like three four guys that you can count on every week for tight ends so I I focused on yeah like Kelsey is like a first rounder almost because he's so guaranteed to get you so many points but especially in PPR yeah especially in PPR so it's those type of things too you got to know when what rounds to go get those types of guys and and when you can wait on like the quarterbacks and things like that I uh liked um Josh Jacobs a lot and he was mm-hmm. seemed lower in in spots for running back so that's somebody maybe you can get in like the fourth round or something or a second running back once you've already got somebody in your stable there uh, that you could start most weeks because he's going to be their starting running back in in oh I almost said it in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> they lost Washington just recently too. The news is that he got hurt. Um, so J- it's just Jacobson now. Kenyon Drake and Kenyon Drake is a nice number two there too. But sure, you're not telling me that Drake is going to get more touches than Jacobs there. So. No. Uh, yeah, PPR maybe Jacobs doesn't catch it out of the backfield as much either. But that's a guy I like. Short, short, uh, long answer. Short. That's the guy I like. It's it really comes down to who's going to get the touches. Yeah. You know, even if a Targets. guy, even if you're not in a PPR league, if you know that a, a wide receiver gets a ton of t- a ton of catches per year, that's still going to help you because it's going to be ball in his hands, more opportunities to score. So if you're a guy that's like, hey, I think this guy's a sixty reception, thousand yard player, I'd rather take a fucking eighty reception. 900 yard player because he's going to have more opportunities to do other shit a guy like cd lamb that they utilize in the run game a guy like justin jefferson that does get utilized in the run game mm-hmm. guys that they're trying to find ways to utilize um hunter renfro is one oh, of those sure. guys that if you don't pick up a guy like hunter renfro in round like 12 or 13 i think you're missing an opportunity because he's going to get a ton of touches with the way they like to run the football and throw the football in quick short slants. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be very interesting going through this season and seeing because there's some players that were those guys that now are in new locations, uh, Kenny Galladay in New York and uh, things like that. I, I'm very interested to see, yeah, who steps up where, um, who who is the number one wide receiver in Denver, you know. Sutton was injured all the last year, and then they drafted Jerry Judy, who had a not bad year, but a lot of a lot of really good wide receivers going through there. You know, you yeah. know KJ Hamler's fast as heck. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, even if you don't have a good draft, even if your draft is already done, and and after week one, you're like, uh-oh, uh oh, two two wide receivers went down. It should be deep there. Uh, it's yeah, you, your running backs you got to look out for, but even if a running back goes down. Next man up. That that team's got to fill that position with somebody, and it's a yeah. long, long season. So just stay on your your waiver wire. Within the first three weeks of this season, two or three teams will suffer a devastating fucking injury. You mm-hmm. got to remember that. You know, there's going to be a first round pick that goes down in your fantasy league. There's going to be a second round pick that goes down in your fantasy league. You've got to watch your waiver wire as much as you can. And try to be more conscious of if you have a guy, even if you don't have the handcuff uh, for that player. For those of you that don't know, handcuff is like uh, if I have Nick Chubb on the Browns, uh, I also want Kareem Hunt. He's my handcuff. But both of those guys get enough touches, that's kind of hard to, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to know who your backup is. If you have Zeke Elliott, you should look for Tony Pollard. 
just be mindful that even when those guys go down, their handcuffs become much more valuable for you to either trade or go after on the waiver wire. So just be mindful of it. If you see a guy go down, put that claim in. See if it pops. Yep. Keep an eye on your uh, your bye weeks. Don't don't double, triple up too much in the same position. But, again, it's a long season. You can always find some players down the line, I think, too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I had for fantasy. Um, defenses, special teams, I'd, I'll just give you a little clue into mind, Dan. I, I thought I'd go a little week to week, and I went with the Niners because we really like them for week one in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Beat up on Jared Goff. They know him well. <laughs> yeah, there's there's certain defenses where you go, eh, they're probably going to be pretty good all week, or you can just find the team, you can you know string your defense and just find a absolute moribund offense that they're going to be playing. Um, yeah, now you sometimes you get unlucky and there's no good defenses available if you are playing string defenses, but it's not a bad option. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that's the fantasy stuff. I mean, honestly, I think most of you guys have at least your draft done, so it's, it's time for the season to begin. And uh, if you're looking deep into your fantasy, uh, who to start, Week one, you're already in trouble. Usually, just <laughs> yeah. go with go with your starting lineup. Don't overthink it too much. Um, but if you got any questions and you want us to to jump in on it, heck, if you see this on the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and you got questions, we'd love to to, to give our advice. I think that's something that we'd enjoy. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Uh, well, we finished hard knocks for the season. The 2021 Cowboys were featured in the five episodes. Um, anything else, Dan, that you want to talk about in the hard knocks season? And I learned nothing except uh, that the Dallas Cowboys have a phenomenal drone operator, or HBO oh, does. I don't know who yeah. that is, but uh, nothing else revealed. Like, I think the hard knocks are actually getting worse because they don't teach me anything. Like, I learned nothing new about Dak and Zeke and Jerry. Like, it's You're the same a super old fucking fan. show. Let me tell you from a non-Cowboy super fan, I didn't know Dak and Zeke were, like, best friends now. Oh, yeah. That, totally. like, hang out together and everything. Like, that's adorable. Um, I didn't... What, what else was new to me? Um, well, okay. No, uh, <laughs> I loved uh, Tray- Trayvon's uh, boy. And he was yeah. a big part of this new one, too. And it was so funny. And they, they do the, the flashback thing, too, when they asked him who he wanted to meet. And he said, Patrick Mahomes. He's like, no, I met Dak Prescott. And then Dak walks in, and he's like, you're Patrick Mahomes. You know that the kid's just having one of those, like, you know, we all mix up names once in a while. And that's what the, the two he mixes up kind of thing. But, uh, I mean, all, all the more uh, – uh, impressive for uh, Dak Prescott to be to be mixed up with Patrick Mahomes like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> if, you know if if somebody tells me that I'm you know mixed up with someone much cooler and you know more <laughs> successful than me, I don't I don't mind. Not that I don't like Dak Prescott. I yeah. love Dak Prescott, but I also love you know my wife. And if somebody was like, "Hey, is that your wife or is that a blank supermodel?" I'd be like, "Well, that's very nice of you." Thank you. I wouldn't be like, how dare you not realize that's my wife? It's a fucking compliment. Yeah. And speaking of, my wife, that was about the only part of the episode she walked in for and uh, commented that uh, poor uh, Trayvon's son is going to, in a few years, look back on that clip of him dropping every pass deck through to him. Not too fondly. Like, thanks, no. HBO. Thanks. 
Yeah, it's going to be a real bummer. Although he, you know, his dad's a DB, so he's probably got DB hands genetically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, just smacking it down. Um, no, I loved, I loved a uh, little also looking to Jerry Jones uh, as a football fan. He has to have maybe the life of if, if you wanted to be like a true football fan, like your job is just to get up in the morning, go look at your team that you own fly a helicopter from your mansion to where you your team plays which is a tiny little football town that you built yep. sit there in an office where the window just sits out there in the playing field walk into every meeting have everybody listen to every word like he's living the dream jerry jones is living the dream it's it's funny though every time i see jerry and he talks about the cowboys there is this inescapable sadness in his voice of like having everything and being unable to get that fucking trophy, mm-hmm. you know? Cause he's like, uh, you know, imagine like, think about that, how he started. It, sure. It was tough in 89 and then it got better in 90 and then it got better in 91. And then it was great in 92 and great in 93. And he had a bad year in 94, but then great in 95. And you're like, Oh, it's going to be fucking amazing. 1995 was a long time ago, buddy. You think about it, it was now. a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone through a dry spell, and I'm sure once you've had that much success that early on for that long, and it all goes away, that you're you're chasing that high for a long time. Oh boy. Um. All right. Well, that's what I got, Dan. I mean, um, I've got injuries on my team, and uh, and get players that I'd like to see playing here this season that I won't get to see. Irv Smith Jr. and the like. But I also got uh, extensions and players that I do love watching that'll get to stick around on my team with Harrison Smith and Brian O'Neill. So I am excited. I am excited for the 2021 season. We're kicking off in Cincinnati, where if we lose, who cares? It's an AFC road game. But if we lose, oh my God, we lost to the Bengals. So, hey, uh, all the uh, craziness out the window, too. Yeah, I'll live and die with every play, as I always do. Yeah, man, Brian O'Neill, now the uh, the second highest contract value behind Ryan Ramchick uh, for <laughs> right tackles. So right tackles is such a weird fucking position. Yeah. Like, if you if you ever get a chance to look at Spotrac's breakdown of the right tackle position, you see guys like Ryan Ramchick, and you go, okay, yeah, sure. Lane Johnson, oh, okay. Uh, you know who's fourth? Taylor Motone. That's right. I saw Carolina. this list earlier today, actually. Yeah. yeah. And Braden Smith and Indy. You're like, you're like, oh, these guys are okay, but like, how are, these guys are seventy million dollar players. Right tackles. Um, you don't want to ever hear their name. Yeah. No. Never, never hold. Never go false start. You never want to hear their name. You give them a bunch of money. That's how it works. At all all linemen. If I never heard my lineman's name, it's the worst thing about hearing Zach Martin's name in the news is I'm like, fuck, something bad happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope he's ready to go. Um, we're ready to go. Thank you guys uh, for being here for the, the, the kickoff here for the NFL season. Um, moving forward, the plan for Push Off Podcast is this show will drop every Wednesday. It gives us the opportunity to see all the games through Monday night, record on Tuesday, get it out to you on Wednesday. That's the best we got for you. And it's about the only way it fits. It just is because then Thursday the new new week starts up. So back uh, into it. Mark it down. uh, Subscribe. Push off podcast Wednesday mornings for you, uh, for your commute, for your working, um, filling out your spreadsheets. 
and getting your uh, team ready for fantasy-wise for the next week. Dear God, that's the day you got to do it. Uh, so we'll be here for that for this season, the Push Off Podcast. Uh, you can listen to all of our episodes at thepushoffpodcast.com. We're part of the Universe Head Family Network, uh, which we love being part of. And, um, yeah, take a look at all of the good shows that's going on there. Um, I, I don't really have a crazy stat. I'm ready. I'm getting ready for the season to begin. Uh, Dan, I'll leave it to you. Parting words of wisdom. This week, breathe it in. It is the last time for the entirety of 2021 where this will be a virgin season. Mm-hmm. Take this day and enjoy the shit out of it. Whether your team wins or loses, week one is just joy. Because you could go, half the teams in the league are going to go 0-1. And it doesn't mean they're out of the playoffs. This week is meaningless. Just fucking enjoy it. Win or lose, get ready for a long one. That's all you got to do. I so lost it. I don't know why the voice changes. Virgin season. (laughs) From that point on, I just kept my voice away because I was cracking up. But I loved it. Oh, that was wonderful. Hey, guys. Thanks so much. I am Scott. And this is Dan. We will see you next week. Enjoy week one. Goodbye. Of the virgin season. <laughs> virgin season.